Hi everyone, I hope you're having an amazing day because guess what? You deserve it. You truly, truly do. This next episode is a really special one. This is actually a friend from college who reached out and wanted to share her story with us and I am more than thrilled and excited for you to hear it. With that being said, I would like to provide a disclaimer. This episode will contain topics relating to abuse, toxic relationships, sexual assault, and really, if you're just not in a good place, just please be sure to take care of yourself first. If you need to stop listening, if you need to take a break, um, even if you don't think that you're in the best mindset to listen to this, just please know it's okay to take care of you first. So with that being said, without further ado, here is episode six of Surviving the Suck season two. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Surviving the Suck podcast. And yes, I know I it's so crazy because every time I do these introductions, it's always I lead in with, I'm so excited because we have such an awesome guest and it's always so true. And this episode is especially true because I have someone who I actually went to school with who, to be honest with you, Caitlin, I don't even think we've had probably more than a few conversations, to be honest with you. Um, but she is someone who reached out and, and the thing that I love about this specific person and episode is she reached out and just said, this is going to help someone like my story, what I've been through is going to help someone. And that is exactly what the podcast is about. This is what surviving the suck is. And so I'm super excited because I've been in a few, um, classes with Caitlin, talked to her a little bit and she's always been so kind so sweet and just kind of one of those people one of those people that kindness and just peace kind of radiates from and so when she shared with me her story it just was like wow you know like you just truly never know what's going on in someone's life and so i'm super honored to have caitlin with me today caitlin liqueur and i'm actually gonna let you caitlin introduce a little bit more about who you are what you stand for favorite color candy whatever you want to share with the with the audience so here's caitlin oh thank you Haley. i well on the surface you probably see someone who's well i'm short i'm only five feet tall um in college i was a neuroscience and philosophy double major um do well at, at work i just got a job in a lab and I'm super excited. Um, in a actually a really nice relationship now. Like it's, it's going great. And, you know, and my boy, my current boyfriend's actually been my biggest cheerleader um, in the last, gosh, since we started dating. To be honest. Um, but that's where I'm at right now. But one year ago. I was confused about how I felt about someone uh, in a toxic environment. Uh, it was the middle of a pandemic. I had to move back into my childhood home uh, with my abusive family. Um, and it was rough, uh, to say the least. I, it's always a little. It's always a bit hard to talk about, um, but that's okay. 
I, th- I think that's a really human response to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to preface this by saying pain is not a competition. Uh, my story, it starts when I was actually really young. Um, like, you know that, you know that um, relationship you, that a lot of people have with their mom? Mm. I never had that. See, my mom left when I was a baby. So, and I remember growing up, like people would be like, oh, your mom left, you could share with my mom. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I don't know what that's like. Like, I don't, like that, that's just totally alien to me. Like, yeah, you have a relationship with your mom and you feel comfortable around your dad. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people maybe don't get that because of the what like they have this conception about what a family is supposed to be like you know it's your parents your siblings well I I do have an older sibling but I don't call her my sister because she's actually my abuser um I've always been very afraid of her actually um and that's it's never really gotten better. You know, there are periods where I convince myself that it's fine. This is normal, right? Mm, It's it's not, Uh, you shouldn't normalize abuse or being mistreated. Um, So I'm just gonna trigger warning uh, because I found one thing that I've, I've found helpful in denormalizing these behaviors and just kind of getting out of my head because gaslighting is a very common tactic that abusers use to make you doubt yourself uh, and make you think that what they were doing wasn't that bad or they call you sensitive. Mm, And so for me, I have that tendency to remember examples of the abuse. Um, Actually, whenever, so when I finally did escape from my household, it was about, it was actually right around the time that my boyfriend and I started dating. Uh, He, the abuse got so bad that I was afraid to eat at at my residence. I was afraid to do anything other than go to work, come home, shower, and then go to bed. Um, and at the last couple of weeks, I was afraid to go home. I was staying at the homes of friends and some, at times people who were like coworkers, practically strangers. It was a, I mean, granted the people, I am eternally grateful to the kindness and help that I received at the end of, well, during the holidays, this pa- these past, uh, right around Christmas, I actually didn't spend Christmas with my family. Um, but with that, it was, it was a scary time. Um, and 
I honestly don't know where I'd be without the kindness of other people. Um, I, gosh, I know my boyfriend and his parents, they I, actually, that's where I've spent this past Christmas. They welcomed me into their home and they even got me a Christmas present. I was just like, what? We're just now meeting and you're getting me a Christmas gift? Like that was actually my first meal at my apartment because they got me like these little soup packets. It was oh. the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Um, but of course, growing up, I didn't necessarily have that option of just like, oh, you could just leave. Like, no, you can't really leave when you're five. I tried it. Like, I remember getting on my bike with like a backpack and just drive, just like riding out onto the gravel road. And I just remember, I'm like, there is no way that a five-year-old can get a job. I need to turn around and just tough it out. Mm. And thinking back, that was bad. Um, I don't think any young kid should have that thought that their living conditions are just unlivable to the point where they try leaving and running away. Yeah. Um, but you know, use goes in cycles. Sometimes things seem kind of okay, and other times you have someone who is rampaging through the house and punching holes in the walls because someone ate their chipotle. Like mm. that, that actually happened. Um, which nowadays it might sound kind of funny and like, what? That's crazy. It's like, no, no, that actually happened. Um, there was do you have any questions so far are you doing okay like, I'm really, I just want to check in no I'm doing great okay that's good I like checking in when I'm when I talk about these things this is like I only know how I'm doing and I know you seem like a very empathetic person and I want to check in to make sure you're, you're doing okay. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm good. And I appreciate that. Um, a question that I do have for you is, you know, you talked about when you were little, you know, ex yeah. it was almost like you were so aware of the abuse. So, so as you got older, what was it like trying to experience moving out of that? So I found a lot of shelter in school. Um, so little known fact, I actually was in the special ed program. They thought I was mute because I wouldn't talk. Um, I was like, a lot of people just called me the shy girl instead of calling me Caitlin because they didn't actually know my name. Um, from about kindergarten or first grade all the way up to, through high school, I was really, um, they said introverted. Nowadays, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm an extrovert. That's crazy. <laughs> I love that. Like, I'm the extrovert in my friend group now. And it's just like, it's so weird. Yeah. Like, like I'm the person that was just like, I make eye contact and I wave. Like, I don't even think about it. Yeah. And it, it's kind of nice. I like it. It's great. 
Um, <laughs> but growing up, I would have never done that. I always kept my head down, kept my my just nose and nose to the book. And I mean, thinking back, it was just it was not healthy. Mm, like yeah. I was kind of a workaholic. Like I do homework through my lunch breaks. I wouldn't eat. I actually had an kind of struggle with anorexia because uh, the household I grew up in was it's actually really fat phobic um, mm. and being someone who is curvy and you know I got got thighs and nowadays I joke about like I'm like oh my gosh I've been working at a warehouse I got I've gotten so beefy I've gained 10 pounds all my clothes fit the same it's great yeah but back then I would have been horrified Oh mm-hmm. no, like, oh my gosh, I've gained 10 pounds and you starve myself for two months. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, it's crazy how I was just talking to my counselor about this yesterday, how when you are in situations of trauma, abuse, you know, you're, you're having to deal with a narcissist or, you know, just someone who is, is mentally, emotionally, physically abusive. It's, it's om- the mind changes and you become so focused on things that you can control because things are so out of your control. And that's where a lot of times that comes into play. Like for me, you know, I was in a, a very toxic relationship a few years ago and I was looking back at pictures of this time period and I was probably 30 pounds lighter than I am now, you know, and, and I didn't realize it until I went to work one day and the, the gal who did the cash register at the cafeteria was the one who said to me, is everything okay? Your clothes are literally like falling off of you. And I just noticed you've lost a ton of weight really fast. And I just want to make sure everything's okay. And I look back at that now and I think, holy crap, you know, like I didn't even realize that that was an issue because I was in such a horrible environment. And I think sometimes in those situations, and and this might not be true for you, but I've known it to be true for myself and, and some others where when you lose control and you don't have control of your environment or, or the people around you, it's easier to control eating. It's easier to control your habits or, or, you know, the things that you do. And it drives people to this place of just trying to hang on and survive that we turn to such unha- unhealthy coping mechanisms too. It's, mm-hmm. it's a big part of why some people self-harm as well. And so it's, I, I just relate to that in, in that sense, because I, when I was going through some, some very toxic things, it, I just, I, I stopped eating because that was the one thing I could control. I can relate to that. Mm. I, so for me, the worst I ever got was I was sustaining myself on one granola bar a day during right. track season. Oh my God. Um, the longest I ever gone without eating is about three and a half days. Mm. Um, but in terms of like things I can control, uh, just not eating, but also just replacing eating with work. Yeah. Um, and as I got older, it was researching, reading, learning, kind of, kind of along the same thing, but I feel it was maybe a little less controlled. It was kind of compulsive where I would just read up on 
all sorts of like healthy relationship stuff, how to tell if it's a toxic relationship. And it was, I learned a lot. I use that knowledge quite often, actually. <laughs> these issues, I find as, as you stated, someone who has that peaceful aura, which mm. I still don't quite understand, to be honest. Like, I, because like, I've been told this many times where I'm just like, they're like, oh, you seem like, I could feel like I could just open up to you. And I'm like, thank you. I, that's great. I have no idea why. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just over here doing my thing. Just, I don't know. There are days where I feel like I'm just like, like a plant out in the field. And, you know, like you ever just like see a flower and just want to sit next to it. I love that so much. <laughs> do you ever just see a flower and you just want to go sit? Words by Caitlin LaCour. Do you ever just see a flower and want to go sit next to it? I love that so much. I love that. Thank you. That's great. I... Yeah. Well, it, and honestly, it's true. Like knowing it, it's insane to me because I, you know, I always am out there saying you never know what people are going through, but it, it breaks my heart and it broke my heart when I read your story because I just was like, I, I went to school with you. Like I was in your classes and I, the vibe that I got from you was that you were this very peaceful, open, empathetic, loving person. And like, I missed it. You know, it's like, I, I didn't even realize that you had this whole other story you know everyone has a story right but it's like yeah. you've been through some shit and I missed that and it, it like hurt me because I wish I would have been able to like tell you to your face like if you ever need someone to talk to I'm here you know and I think so many times we miss that with the people that are around us we just don't we get so siloed siloed in our own lives that we forget that everyone's fighting something that we have absolutely no idea what that is or what that looks like um and so I think with mental health and trauma, it's it's something that it's so hard to miss because we can't always see it, you know? And so, Caitlin, the question that I have for you is, you know, as you've gone through a lot of trauma and a lot of things that have happened in your life, things that have happened to you, what has helped you heal in that sense that maybe other people didn't see but you were doing behind the scenes to stay afloat what helped you survive so I'm just gonna be honest I went through a few phases of just kind of being toxic like I went through a phase of just ghosting people which that's incredibly unhealthy don't yeah. do it if you're going to just cut contact with someone tell them tell yeah. them why you know, you could just resolve the issue. Mm. Um, yeah. So in terms of like the stages and chapters of surviving, um, well, so it was just kind of like, okay, maybe this will pass. When I was super young, the first time I attempted, I was about eight. And I remember just, it's like, I don't know if you consider like divine intervention or if, if someone believes in that. At this point, 
I'm not going to get into my religious journey or spiritual journey or whatever, whatever um, title one might call it. But for me, I remember having this thought that if I go through with this, it'll just prove them right. It will mm-hmm. just be a waste of life. And that's, I'm not okay with that. So from that point on, I was just like, I don't want to be a waste of life. I'm going to do something with my life. And then I got to college and I got raped. Mm. And at that point, I just felt like utter trash, just garbage. I isolated myself from someone. I actually even pushed someone away really forcefully. Uh, blocked them and everything after writing this long paragraph of like you're just too good of a person I just can't I don't want to hurt you and just block them after that and I was probably like my so- that was my soft well the in- the assault happened spring term of my freshman year of college and then sophomore year I went through just isolating myself um, and just, I feel I, thinking back, I just thought I was this horrible person mm-hmm. at the time. I felt like I was just like, almost like an ice queen where I just totally dedicates my work. Um, and like, there was even an instance where it was a philosophy class and I would send an, a summary of my argument to another person and then they, and it was supposed to be kind of like a debate where they would have their counter argument and then I'd have a counter to their counter argument. And I just showed absolutely, and out me being a philosophy major and the other person not being a non-philosophy major, I, thinking back, I feel like I should have gone, like had at least some mercy but back then I just, I didn't, mm-hmm. I felt like I was really heartless and just didn't care about other people's feelings. And that was not okay. Um, it was, it was pretty toxic to be honest. And it cost me some friendships to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't sometimes I'd like to just kind of, it's like, this is an old version. Mm, Yeah. And just kind of, I think, at least for me, part of my healing journey is just looking back and just kind of identifying. I'm like, okay, I've grown, see, just kind of like looking back and seeing how much growth that I've done and just looking at like, okay, that was not a good, that was, that was probably not a healthy thing. That was probably kind of toxic there. But the fact that I'm able to stand here and identify that as toxic, yeah, it shows growth. I remember reading something that said, if you can look at a previous version of yourself and cringe, it means you've grown and you should be proud of yourself. Because if you were the same person as you were yesterday, you would see absolutely no problem with mm-hmm. that person. I love that. So, um yeah I mean I know in recent years 
I had a, ha a pretty bad habit of comparing myself to the past. Um, like I'm actually really proud that I can be happy and proud of the person I'm today instead of comparing myself to previous versions. Yeah. Like I think back to the person I was junior year of college, like it's kind of toxic socially, but that was also the year that I had my paper published and that I presented at the Monmouth conference and just academically and in terms of just career achievements, it was, it was a pretty good year. But just because you have a good year in one area doesn't mean that it was a good year for you personally. Like there's different facets to you as a person and mm. that's good. Yeah. Like, mm. um, I love that. It's all about growth because I, I love that you said it's okay to look back and cringe because that does show growth. Like it's the same for me. I, I look back at the person that I was four years ago and sometimes I just want to slap her and be like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? You know, it's like, I mean, it's funny, but it's true. You know, it's like, I, I just wish I could, I could just change, you know, and, and, and life is like that. We, we make mistakes, we grow, we learn from those mistakes. We go into dark places where we become people that we don't like. And sometimes that's just a response to trauma or that's a response to things that have happened that are not okay. And we grow from that. So you should be really proud of yourself to even say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I am. Cause you know how many pe people have a hard time doing that. And so you should be really proud, Caitlin. I I'm super proud of you because that's, you've been through a lot and to be able to stand here and say, I'm really happy with where I am. That's huge. I worked with my therapist so much on that in the last couple months. It's, it's pretty that's recent amazing. to be honest. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, so man. what, what is therapy, what I'm interested to hear about that. What has therapy done for you in this space? Honestly, it wasn't just therapy. Like mm. Therapy, it does help, but in terms of my journey, having a support system, I mean, in general, just having a support system has been something that it's been instrumental to my survival. Just having people who genuinely care, uh, having people who can call me out on my bullshit yeah. and tell me that like, hey, you're being dumb. This is a dumb decision you're about to make. I'm like, oh shit, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for checking me. <laughs> it's um, true. Um, but yeah, I mean, because I wasn't always in therapy. Um, I saw a, I remember in junior high, actually, I was... I got kind of tired of it because it was required for the people in special ed to go and see the social worker every week. And I remember one time, like, I just, just being kind of a snotty kid. I was being like, I rolled my eyes. I'm like, oh, this again. And I got, and she called me out on it. And she's like, okay, I saw you rolling your eyes. Like, you don't want to be here, do you? I'm like, oh man, she saw that. I feel horrible now. Mm, yeah 
And it was just like thinking back, like I know she just wanted to help, but at the time, like I was 11, just in that like hormonal preteen phase, but mm. it was, you know, we all go through phases that we're not necessarily proud of. Yeah. Um, but the important things you come out of it, you know, every, like one thing that I say all the time is every saint has a past, every sinner has a future. Yes. Um, you can't really judge a person. You can't really judge a person based on who they are today. And you can't necessarily judge someone by who they were in the past because as living creatures we are dynamic we are constantly changing mm, yeah um, and the only thing that you can really define a person on is recent patterns but that's not necessarily a end-all be-all either because you know, people react differently based on if they're stressed, if they're grieving, if they are just going through something that you don't know about, uh, and it's not always so cut and dry. Like, you don't really have a right to that information. They tell you if they trust you, or they don't tell you because it's too hard to talk about. It's mm -hmm. really, there's no one way or the other. You just, and this kind of goes to your point earlier, if you never know what a person's going through. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's all the more reason why it's so important to be kind and just be understanding to the person. Mm. I mean, but to that point, explanations are not justifications. And that's another bit of information that I try to keep in mind is The fact that someone's going through something, it doesn't mean that their treatment, like if they're treating you bad, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that that's okay either. Like it can explain their behavior. It can explain why they are the way that they are. I know the cycle of abuse is a very real thing. You know, people who grow up in a, an abusive household are significantly more likely to either become perpetrators of the abuse themselves or be victims of that abuse. And so that's why it's so important to just unlearn, unlearn those behaviors to stop that cycle. Yeah. Um, because you never know how much harm that you're doing you know, just by keeping those toxic behaviors. Mm. Um, I know one thing that... I was struck I struggled with was my relationship with my sister my abuser I maybe maybe I'm a bit of an idealist um, I know when it comes to family it's actually really important to me then um, I've always wanted to have that sisterly bond uh, where I can just like, let's go shopping. Let's get our nails done, you know, yeah. just for funsies because it, it's just such a wholesome thing. You know, it, it's so simple. Like, 
We can eat. It's, it can be grocery shopping. I don't care. Let's just go out into the world. Explore a bit. But I never really had that. Uh, except for in more recent years with friends. Um, and that's something that's... It's kind of sad in my opinion. Because where whereas I learned about just or worked on unlearning those behaviors, she didn't really catch on to it. At least I don't think that or she internalized it. I honestly, I don't know what happened there. Mm, yeah. Um, and I, I really do hope that she comes out of it. You know, I have every hope in the world that she eventually learns that there's some things that aren't really okay that you need to unlearn. Mm. Um, you know, go to therapy. It's not a bad thing. I promise. It, it's actually pretty good to go to therapy and work on yourself. Yeah. You know, and the same thing goes for my dad. Um, I know. Um, I know he didn't have it so easy either, to be honest. Uh, my mom was, well, during the time that they were together together, before she left, she was pretty unstable. Um, like, and I don't know, she had some good qualities as well, like, you know, she had a very big heart rate for taking animals in, even to the point where they were kind of, well, they were wrecking the house. They um, had to do quite a bit of renovations to the house to fix all of the damage that these animals she took in did. Um, and, you know, nobody's entirely good. Nobody's entirely bad. And that's okay. No. Yeah. I mean, think about your favorite um, like superhero movie or just any story that is good versus bad and try to tell it from the other perspective. Um, think of, uh, let's go with Lord of the Rings. You know, you have Sauron who's pitted as like this entirely evil person, but to the orcs, he was great right like he was just like man our economy's booming we can go invade and pillage and have a great old time just doing all sorts of mayhem and but it's told from the side of the hobbits and from the hobbits perspective they're just absolutely horrible and i mean that goes really anything you're the hero of your own story but there's always going to be somewhere where you might be the villain of someone else's story. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Yeah. God, that's, that's so true because I, again, I had a conversation with my counselor where she really hit me when she said, you know, I really don't like when people say your mistakes don't define you because she's like, they do. They're a part of you. Your mistakes are a part of you. So are the good things that you do. It's all a part of who you are because the mistakes that you make 
but that you learn from them or you don't decide who you're going to be. And so it, that made a lot of sense to me because it made me realize the things that I've done wrong in my life. You know, I could choose to learn from that and move forward. And it didn't have to define who I am right now, but it defines pieces of me. And, you know, like you said, I, we're not all pure good. We're not all pure evil. We're probably a mix of both. Um, I agree with that because everyone has their shit. Everyone has their shit. And whether it's you've made the mistakes, other people have made mistakes that have harmed you. It's all about perspective. It's all about how you grow from that and you learn from that. And yeah, I just, everything that you said really resonated with me because it's, you know, sometimes the bad things teach us so much about the good and you know, the bad things suck and the things that you've been through and the things that I've been through are not okay. It's, it's for some reason, it's part of our story and we've survived it. You've survived it, survived 100% of your worst days. And that's something to damn celebrate. So if anything, you know, to Caitlin, to anyone listening, if anything, be proud of that. Be proud that you're still here because I'm sure there have been many days that it just would have been easier to quit and you didn't. And that's huge. That's huge. So Caitlin, I, um, you know, as things are kind of wrapping up and winding down here, there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who I know are probably going to really resonate with your story and the things that you've shared today. And there's a lot of people in the suck um, that I call it. And the suck is really anything from life's trauma, life's unforeseen circumstances, mental health, physical health, it, it, anything that you're going through that just sucks. What advice would you have for someone who's listening who's maybe going through something traumatic or is in the suck? What would you tell them? So, I know for me, one thing that I remind myself of is that pain is not a competition. There's always going to be better. There's always going to be worse. And just because someone else, like you think someone else had it worse than you, it doesn't make your pain any less valid. It doesn't mean that what you're going through isn't hard enough, you know? If you're struggling, you're struggling. You know, I struggle to reach the top shelf. It's doesn't mean that I don't need a ladder. I just need to jump. No, like, no, give me a ladder or vertical assistance from someone who's taller than me. That's like, actually I, really deep. I like that. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, and the take the big thing that I wanted to communicate is things, they get better. They get so much better. You know, growth is something that we, oh gosh, there's this one quote by, it's one of the old philosophers. I can't remember if it's Plato or Socrates. I think it's, I think it is Socrates. Um, but he uses this, never discourage a man who continually makes progress, no matter how slow. Ooh. Is, again, don't quote me on the source. I just know, I know it's one of the older philosophers, like ancient Greece. But it's true. If, if you're growing, if you're making progress and learning as a person and just 
developing yourself. That's something to be proud of. You know? Mm. You know? If you're not growing and changing, well, you might be dead. And, you know, it's part of life. You know? Don't be afraid of change because you know, you can, everything is changing constantly. And that's a great thing. It's beautiful. Yeah. I changed my hair recently. <laughs> I love it. I, I love that. I just, I just had a conversation with someone today about how life is fluid. Like who we are as human beings, we're fluid. I, we change every single day. And when you think about life that way, it's really beautiful because I think when you're in the suck for me, it was, I felt like every day was the same and I wasn't going anywhere. It just was, I was just stuck. And that's that's not the case you don't have to stay there um I I love the quote that says things might not get better but you get better I think that's so true but I love that quote um from whichever philosopher that said it um (laughs) you know growth is something to be proud of and just have grace in that process too I think you can probably relate to that Caitlin but it's hard it's tough yeah yeah it is Man, thinking of that SpongeBob scene with like, welcome to the salty Splatoon. How tough are you? (laughs) I had a bowl of nails for breakfast without any milk. It's like, yeah, that's exactly how hard it is. It's like a bowl of nails for breakfast without any milk. But you can do it, man. You can do it. (laughs) Yes, yes. And, And that's, to anyone who's listening to this, that's the message. You know, Caitlin is someone who's been through a lot of shit and I know you're probably going through it too. I'm going through some stuff as well. And, um, just to know, like it get it gets better and we're rooting for you. You know, you have people who are here who are doing this. I mean, we took time out of our days to sit down and talk to you because we want to help. We want to be there. So Never be afraid to reach out. Yes, always, always reach out if you can, but also don't be afraid to reach in because you can do this. Like she's, like, Caitlin, I love what you said. Um, the, the nails, the, <laughs> I, lo- I, I totally forgot about the scene in SpongeBob, but I love that. It, it's, you know, you're tough as nails and you can do this. So thank you for that reminder. I, I love that. I love that. We're strong. Yeah. We're strong. So, Caitlin, is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up here? Um, well, sorry, I'm just think, kind of thinking about um, sorry, I'm just kind of reflecting, to be honest. Because um, right. it's oh. like, you know, gosh, a year ago, I never would have thought that I'd be where I am today where I'm in a healthy relationship that is going somewhere you know already have plans to move in together it's that good Uh, living on my own doing well financially getting a lab job like like a laboratory job because I know with the audio that might sound a little a little weird (laughs) Like, I'll be working in a laboratory. I love that. <laughs> you know, science. <laughs> um, 
and then having just such amazing friends that help me get through it and like honestly teach me about the life stuff that I didn't really learn from my parents and I'd say probably one of my favorite things is the relationship that I have with my boyfriend's parents like they are they've been married for gosh 35 years together for 40 and they are still madly in love with each other and so it's just like having that example and just having access to someone I can actually ask about those things that's probably one of my favorite relationships that I've gained in the last year or so yeah and it's just you can start from a shit place but that doesn't mean that you're going to end up in a shit place yes yep yeah there's always hope even if you can't see it yeah yeah I love that take it one day at a time and honestly Caitlin I think you're a great example of that that you can go to really dark places and still come out and let the light in and you should be damn proud of where you are you should be damn proud I think you should be proud too thank you you're doing great (laughs) you're doing great I love love that no it's true And to anyone who's listening, you should be proud of yourself as well. No matter where you are, where you've been, where you're going, give yourself a pat on the back every once in a while because this life thing is not easy. And if all you can do is survive today, then keep surviving. Caitlin Caitlin and I are rooting for you and we're here along the way. So Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing it means the world to me and I know it's not easy but you are so brave and courageous for doing it so thank you and of course yeah to anyone listening it gets better and that's what we want to share with you today so keep on keeping on just keep swimming just keep swimming (laughs) and we will survive the suck thanks for tuning in we'll see you next time